<coughs> Did you hear that? Is it the horror comedy podcast with Jake and Haley? Oh my god, it is. This podcast is intended for inhalation only. And that means it's not for kids. So, what did we even just smoke? I'm so high, I can't actually even... Okay, so, Garrett has been taking dabs. Oh, Garrett's here. The full-spectrum extracts, the live rosin, and many balls of shatter. Several balls. Balls of shatter. Okay. Garrett's here. Our friend Garrett's here. We have a very special guest. Okay, that was a weak introduction. We have a very special guest with us today. The one, the only... Garrett B. Ladies, he's single, he's a pimp, and he has fashion. He's a pimp? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of that's true. <laughs> that is my response. Amazing, cool. amazing. I would take that. If that was by one Time Magazine person of the year. Can I actually I would do that? that is my description. Look. You should. When, oh my when God. You when you, you, you mean when, when your you Time do, yeah, person your time magazine of the year? year. Please I just call can't me. Say those call words. me. And I have. We talked about it right now. That's right. This it's is on. It's on record. <laughs> it is on record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's in this magazine. He has big feet. You know what that means, ladies. And then that's the time. Man of the year intro. For Bigfoot or for Garrett? <laughs> hey, both. Garrett is Bigfoot. Whoa. The episode's <laughs> over. Garrett, do you believe in Bigfoot? Yes. Two yes. I think. Okay. Two yes. Primates that could exist like that. Uh, Bigfoot. Myth. So. <laughs> there's lines. But I think that there's undiscovered. Like, okay. Eight people living in the hills. Okay. <laughs> right. And James Franco can't speak to them. Right. But that's what I think. I think it's definitely possible. They're out okay. There. They discover new things all the time. Okay. Just don't like the idea of there being something. Literally. Like what about you, Jake? Literally. Look. Okay. Bigfoot is just these hill people that don't want to be fucking. Like, they're not naked and hairy. Those are their clothes. Okay. Ooh. Okay? Like this is a fun because twist. Because they, they don't support, you know, our society. Shit. And fucking oh. our, what is it, the purchasing society that we are, the consumerism. Yeah. They're like a hunter-gatherer. Exactly. Ooh. Exactly. We love this. Are they feral or what? Are they cool? No, they, they can communicate. Are they? I don't know how English. What's their... What's their character yeah. alignment, Jacob? No, it's definitely... Are they nice? No, they're neutral. Ooh. They're not chaotic Ooh. neutral or anything like that. True they're neutral? true neutral. And they don't care. They just want to be left alone. And that's why they're all furry. Supernatural or no? Animals. No. Okay. Just really tall. Okay? Sure. We, we know tall people, right? And if one of them lived out in the woods... Holy shit, I love this. Okay? <laughs> if one of them lived out in the woods and they were wearing a fur coat... That would, would be they look like very them? frightening. Yeah. That's, there's, yeah. Been, there's been hoaxes that people believe that were that exact same thing. Yes. That is my theory. But okay. I want to believe. I would okay. love to believe that there is a man. A man? Eating beef jerky one? out there. It's That's true. It has to be more than one because he can't be everywhere. Listen, I'm about to tell you Look, some he countries. He can't be everywhere. 
He's in Central Asia, Japan, Canada, America, Brazil, Indonesia, China, and Australia, and way more than that. How does he get to Australia? America, obviously. It's like everywhere. Right. And actually, the crazy thing is that, like, all of these different places, too, have, like, unique cultural words and titles for Bigfoot. Did we get a list of those? We have a few. Um, So we have Yeti, Yowie, Orang Pendek, Mapinguari, Habagon, and then, like, the first official one was Sasquet. Um, But here in America... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Native Americans had like a lot of different phrases. There's actually so many. Native Americans themselves had like 60 different names for Bigfoot. Well, yeah, because then that's, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot. So this is not even a comprehensive list. But in America, it's just kind of funny that we were like, hmm, Bigfoot. Look. We named Bigfoot. Here, here's where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say this one piece about Bigfoot. Okay? My senior year in high school, my hometown of Reamer, Minnesota, became the home of Bigfoot because someone caught a trail cam of this thing and stuff. Look it up. This will be posted in the fucking comments, okay? This will be in the comments, okay? My senior year in high school, 2010, Mm -hmm. they discovered this, and they pretty much rebuilt the town around this. Like, the town has come back to life. I think there's a dollar store there now. (laughs) We are fucking on the map, son. So what do Bigfoot look like? <laughs> yeah. What do they look like? Wait, the mutant prairie dogs? No, Bigfoot. Oh. What does it look like? Give me an area. Just tell me what your impression is. I'm just curious, like, what your impression is. It can be specific to your like a, experience. Like a Yeti. Okay. Like white hair and shit? Like, I mean, kind of, but like I'm just that more on the table. Oh, it's, a, it's a white Sasquatch. Like, like Ooh. Yeah. He's like got baby <laughs> oil on him. Yeah, he's kind of sexy. It's kind of weird. That was actually just a guy from Texas. <laughs> oh, that's just Dan. So usually Bigfoot sightings are like they're six to nine feet tall. They fucking stink usually. They're like gray, black, dark brown, like dark red hair, and super fucking long. She said. Yes. Babe, it was Bigfoot. He ran out the window. Oh, I know what happened. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Called a bunny ranch. (laughs) I have so much to tell you guys. I have so much to tell you. I want to tell you right now about Bigfoot being a good dad and stuff. But, um,. Bigfoot has been chilling around America since, like, way before the white man got here. Um, According to the American Museum of Natural History, Native Americans were, quote-unquote, familiar with the hairy giants way before Christopher Columbus pillaged the ocean blue or whatever. Whoa, it sailed the ocean blue, right? Whatever he did. Um, The term Sasquatch... The term Sasquatch was actually coined by the Coast Salish Indians, um, which were on like the Northwest and in Canada. And it meant wild man, literally, Sasquatch. Um, the Native American tribes have over like 60 different names, like we mentioned earlier, for Bigfoot. In the Rockies and the Northwestern United States, Bigfoot was viewed as like a physical being, like an animal or a person, you know. 
Um, but the respect they had for him was super crazy. Like they were all, oh, he's a teacher. He's a guide, um, an extension of themselves and, you know, spirituality. Like they're a divine creature. They're tripping on peyote and they fucking... Seen a hairy man. They're like, dude, that guy's fucking... Look at the furs he's wearing. Holy shit. That's a real theory, all right? That is true. Could have been... Yeah. Fermented bread, yeah. bitch. Different regions of the United States and different tribes saw Bigfoot as a being that could transcend between physical and spiritual realms. Who showed like up... the avatar. I don't know, the blue one? Or the other one? Are you telling me I hate you. No, he could do whatever. not that avatar! Oh my god, continue. <clears throat> okay, Keep going. Don't so... <laughs> They show up and make their presence known to deliver an important message, like a warning or a sign of turned events. Anyway, usually the theme is that Bigfoot is seen as like a special, a special and respected creature, and Native elders also view Bigfoot as more powerful than man, and it's like regarded as a blessing if you see it. So. Yeah, yeah. Like, you are blessed. Of course, you see something special. Yeah. yeah, that's some special shit, bud. You got sprinkles on your Sunday now. Yo. 1796 was the earliest account of a Bigfoot sighting that I could find from the perspective of, like, a quote-unquote outsider. There was an explorer named Jose Mariano Mozino from Mexico, and he explored the Pacific coast and documented his findings in a super cool fancy journal he had, like, the coolest handwriting ever. I'll show you guys pictures later. And you can see the pictures on the Instagram. In his journal, he wrote about a creature called the Matlog, said to dwell in the mountains, only coming down to terrorize the Nootka tribe. Matlog had a monster-sized body covered in bristly, thick black hair. It had a head similar to a human head, but way bigger, with, like, huge fangs. And it had long arms with curved claws. Like I said, this is just some dude. Just some random dude with a big head. And it had a shriek similar to... He's like, oh, I can't be scared of a guy. Well, they thought it was a demon because of the scream that it had. It had, like, this crazy brain-bending, like, shriek. Well, have you heard of a mountain lion? Have you heard the mountain lion? Mountain lions. North they American, do make scary sounds. North American mountain lion. I am feeling the hoax potentially. Because if I, the tribal side, you're okay. just like, man. Okay. Look, crazy whistle. Okay. Yeah, I can make a screech. I'm yeah. not saying it's a hoax. All right. You got a velociraptor whistle. I can see somebody being smart enough to take advantage of everybody else like that, though. Yo, true. You guys actually have to leave sacrifices for him. Like, <laughs> it's the only way. Then we're going to skip ahead kind of a lot. But 1851, the Vermont Watchman and State Journal, which is a newspaper, published a story about two hunters. The pair were hunting in Greene County, Arkansas, when they spotted a creature, quote unquote, bearing the unmistakable likeness of humanity. And it was chasing some cows. Quote, he was of gigantic stature, the body being covered in hair, and the head with long locks that fairly enveloped his neck and shoulders. Cows. Bring me the cows. <laughs> Give me the milk. Mother's milk. They wrote that the giant hairy scary, which is actually what I wrote in my notes, and I'm a little embarrassed to say it out loud. And scary. Um, it froze in its tracks, and it stared at them for a few seconds before fleeing into the woods. He thinks we're like 
T-Rexes, if I don't move, it won't see me. And then they started moving and he was like, yeah. They wrote that he was moving with great speed and jumping 12 to 14 feet at a time. Wow. Just like the aliens and signs. Similar. The newspaper called the creature Wild Man and reported sightings in the area since 1834. Some locals believe the wild man was a survivor of the New Madrid earthquake that happened in 1811, a survivor who fucked right off into the woods and turned feral. So I told you. The theory comes full yeah. circle. Yep, that's yep, yep. I, like I wanted to tell you guys all this, and I couldn't. I want to, like, believe in, in Sam Squanch, but, like, there's just too much, like... Uh, I can't tell you how I feel uh, until I'm done uh, telling you. Yeah. The fact. Too many theories on it. So the wild man was seen again in the winter of 1856, which is five years later, and he was described as an athletic man about six foot four inches high, covered with the hair of a brownish cast. The people who spotted him, he was like brown, long ass hair. The people who spotted him released hunting dogs to apprehend him. Wow. See? Right? The wild man tried to fuck off and run across a frozen lake, but the ice was too thin, so he turned and fled into the riverbank. The hunter considered shooting and killing him, the wild man, but since he was within range, he thought you know he could try and run up on him and capture him and keep him alive. First mistake. Why would he want to have it alive? So probably so he could get uh, that sweet fat cash, baby. American like American greed. True. So the newspaper says, we quote, We got these ropes. Get the, get the guy. You got him. Wow. It's fine. Sound a little worse and worse. Step one, get Bigfoot. Yo, tie him up. No, we won't shoot him. We'll just it's tie fine. him up. <laughs> the newspaper says, quote, The wild man bounded upon him, dragged him from the saddle, and tore him in a dreadful manner, gouging out one of his eyes and biting a large piece out of his shoulder. He then threw the saddle and bridle from the horse and mounted. The he horse? set off for the mountains at the full speed. No, he fucking jacked oh, his horse. Oh, okay. And he guided okay. the horse with a piece of sapling. So how you were saying Bigfoot is a good provider, he probably <sighs> really is. But this creature was smart enough to jack a horse and guide it to where it wanted to go. He yeah, jacked he that horse. He, that makes me think it's just some fucking guy. Was yeah, he was jumping. Wait, how? what was this one doing? 12 to 14 feet? No, that was a different one. Never mind. I was going to say, that's crazy. It just gouged out his eyes and bit a piece out of his shoulder. And then he oh, fucked off and took the horse. 1889, Teddy Roosevelt came out with a cool new book called The Wilderness Hunter. People loved it. Love Here's an excerpt from his book. Quote, our guide strongly objected to leaving the neighborhood of the lake. He went the first day's journey willingly enough, but after that, it was really hard to get him along, and eventually he grew sulky. Finally, he told us what he was afraid of. He told us that the high mountains, there were, quote, little bad Indians who would kill him if they caught him alone at night. We thought he was speaking of stray warriors, but it turns out he was not thinking of human beings at all, but of hobgoblins. He says that the night sound of these great stretches of mountain woodland were very weird and strange. He never understood why the people who live in a lonely forest regions are prone to believe in elves, wood spirits, and other beings of an unseen world. But at that moment, he did. At one point, he met someone, an old mountain hunter named Bowman. Oh, God, that's such an old mountain hunter. 
Bowman. Harry Bowman. Yeah, it is. Harry Bowman. Yeah, I'm gonna name my first child Bowman. Bowman. He is a a really stand-up guy. Um, Bowman told Mr. Roosevelt, President Ted, uh, good old Ted. He told him he would. We'd be cool. He'd be smoking with us. Bowman told Ted a story that happened to him when he was a young man and still trapping with a partner among the mountains, dividing the forks of the salmon from the LBGT community. Okay. He was trapping with No. He was catching beavers. He was catching Oh, they were heading up the Wisdom River. Not having had much luck, him and his partner determined to go up to a particularly wild and lonely pass. <laughs> <laughs> through which a small stream a said to out. contain many beavers. Oh, many beavers! <laughs> yeah, that was a sex cave. No sex, yeah, <laughs> no, beavers, no, no actual beavers. The pass no, had an evil beavers. reputation because the year before, a solitary hunter who had wandered into it was slain, seemingly by a wild beast, the half-eaten remains being afterwards found by some mining prospectors who had passed the camp the night before. The memory of this event, however, weighted very lightly with the two trappers, who were adventurous and hardy. They took their mountain ponies, quote, to the foot of the pass where they left them in an open beaver meadow, the rocky timber-clad ground being thereon impractical for horses, and they started to walk. There was still an hour or two of daylight left, and after building a little camp, they chilled... um, I'm going to skip some of this. Uh, so they go to the stream to fish. They go to Beaver Mountain. They go to Beaver Mountain and they go fishing. And then they come back because it's dusk. And they go to their camp. And they were really surprised to see that their absence, during their absence, something like a bear, maybe, had visited <sighs> camp and rummaged about their things, scattering the contents of their packs and in sheer... They, were, they just destroyed everything. Oh. It could have been a bear then. Bears don't steal shit, so. Could have been. Could have been a Sasquatch just jacking people's stuff. (laughs) They did have big ass footprints, and at first they just ignored them, thinking it was like a a bear or whatever, and they just started rebuilding their camp, laying out their beds and stores, and lighting the fire. Bowman was making supper because it was already dark. I love the bear. (laughs) We're making bears right now. His companion began to examine the tracks more closely and soon took a brand from the fire to follow them up like a torch situation. Um, And he was all like, what the fuck? This bear has been walking on two legs. Bauman laughed at this, but his partner... (laughs) (laughs) Upon examining the tracks with a torch, they did seem to be made by two pairs of feet. Oh, by two paws or feet. Two pairs, that's four. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was However, it was too dark to make sure. After discussing whether the footprints could possibly be those of a human being and coming to the conclusion that they couldn't be, they went to sleep. <laughs> Good fucking luck. I'm going to sleep. They went to bed in the wilderness. <sighs> well, fun. Huh. let's go to bed. It's, uh, Good night. It's gone now. That's fine. Well, I guess if it comes back, we'll kill Oh, what are we going to do? <laughs> I hope he does come back. Yeah. Okay. At midnight, he was awakened by some noise and sat up in his blankets. 
He did so his nostrils was struck by a strong wild beast odor, and he caught the loom of a great body in the darkness at the mouth of the lean-to. Grasping his rifle, he fired at the vague threatening shadow, but he must have missed, for immediately afterwards he heard the smashing of wood as the thing, whatever it was, rushed off into the impenetrable blackness. <laughs> People were really loose with guns back then. <laughs> Could have been anything. It could have just been a man. Yeah. It could have been sleep paralysis. He could have been woken up in a dream, like half dreaming, heard some noises, hallucinated, shot at it. You don't think so? It could have been a bear. You see shit in the dark. He was probably a racist. We can just. After that, they didn't sleep. Well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> they would have slept the first fucking time. Yeah, that, was their, that was their mistaken Respect. fucking, what is it, ghost? Number one. Yes. Yeah, they sleep. Yeah, they that's sleep. The type of no. I was of yeah, <laughs> that's the, the fucking the train, train car. car yeah. Yes. After this, the two men slept but little, sitting up by the rekindled fire, but they heard nothing more. In the morning, they started out to look at the few traps they had set the previous evening and put out new ones. They kept together all day and returned to camp together at the evening. Yeah, they ain't splitting up after that shit. Uh-uh. Scooby-Doo fucking... Oh, split up, right? Yeah. On nearing it, they saw, hardly to their astonishment, that the lean-to had been torn down. The visitor of the preceding day had returned and tossed about their camp and bedding and destroyed the shanty. The ground was marked up by its tracks, and on leaving the camp, it had gone along the soft earth by the brook. And took a huge shit in their tent. Probably it did. The men... Although uneasy, gathered a great heap of dead logs and kept a roaring fire through the night, one or the other sitting on guard most of the time. After midnight, the thing came down through the forest opposite, across the brook, and stayed there on the hillside for about an hour. They could hear the branches crackle as it moved. And several times it uttered a harsh, grating, long-drawn moan and a sinister sound. But it didn't come near the fire. <laughs> It was wanking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is scary. I'd be like, yo, can we just go back to town? Like, I don't want to be here anymore. That was their conclusion as well. In the morning, they were like, fuck this. This has been a weird time. Let's go back home. And they packed up their shit. Uh, they saw a lot of, like, animals and shit, but they weren't able to trap any of them. But they... Just give it up. They were like, yo. Yeah, they were like, this sucks. So they went and they collected their traps and gathered them up. The morning they kept together picking up their traps and each one was empty. On the first leaving camp, they had the disagreeable sensation of being followed. In the dense spruce, they occasionally heard a branch snap after they had passed. And now and then there were slight rustling noises among the pine to one side of them. At noon, they were back within a couple of miles of camp. In the high, bright sunlight, their fears seemed absurd to the two. They were used to long years of lonely wandering through the wilderness, and they were used to facing all kinds of danger, brute or element. They still had a couple of beaver traps to collect from a pond. <laughs> Bowman volunteered to get those and bring them while his companion while his companion went ahead to camp and made ready the packs. On reaching the bo- pond, Bowman found three beavers in the traps. There it is. He is. One of... Oh, and he decided to, uh, get, you know, get them out and carry them into the beaver house, whatever that means. <laughs> I have no idea. All this is starting to sound less and less about beaver. Sexual. Um, 
He's secure. Okay. Anyway, he like skinned the beaver or whatever. He skinned the beaver. Um, for some reason. Anyway, and then he realized that the sun was setting, so he fucked off and hurried up towards his camp under the trees. Um, and so he gets he gets to the camp and realizes that the fire had gone out, and he sees the smoke like it had just gone out, and he called out for his friend, but he didn't hear anybody reply. Stepping toward the the camp again, he shouted, and his eye fell on the body of his friend. Stretched beside the trunk of a great fallen spruce, rushing toward the heart, rushing towards the body, the horrified trapper found that it was still warm. The neck was broken, and there were four great fang marks in the throat. Shout out to Bowman's homie. All right, you Bowman. Pour one out. The unfortunate man, having finished his packing, sat down on the spruce log with his face to the fire and his back to the woods to wait for his companion. Foolish. While waiting, the assailant, which must have been lurking in the woods, waiting for a chance to catch one of them, came up behind and with walking noiseless steps, reached for the man and broke his neck by wrenching his head back with its forepaws and burying its teeth in its throat. It didn't eat the body, but apparently had romped and gambled around in uncouth, ferocious glee, occasionally rolling over and over it, and then had fled back into the soundless depths of the woods. That guy right before he died, he's like, I fucking knew it was a... Bowman was completely unnerved and believed that the creature which he had to deal with was something either half human or half devil, some great goblin beast. He abandoned everything but his rifle and ran off down the pass, not halting until he reached the beaver meadows. Uh, yo, plot twist again. Bowman actually killed that fool and blamed it on the fucking Bigfoot. Totally possible. It's just like a dude that's out here. Totally possible. Like everybody, you just, everybody blames him for everything. It's a Bigfoot. Oh, wow. Big, you mean Bigfoot kidnapped your wife? Yeah. Yeah. never saw her again? Yeah. Please. Please in the woods? Wow. Yeah. People are gullible. That's not unbelievable. Yeah. 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 It's unbelievable. Years later, in 1928, a man named McCullough Harry was chilling with the Nootka tribe, which we talked about earlier, and he said, all right, peace out. I'm going to go trap some animals. And he hopped in his canoe and he rolled up to the Konoma, Konuma River. When it got dark out, Harry started his fire, put up his camp, and settled in for the night. He woke up to the sensation of being lifted and realized with horror that he was being carried away. He struggled to break free, but his captor was much bigger and stronger than him, and Harry was carried about two or three miles. When Harry realized where he was, he was petrified. There were 20 matlog, female and male, all different sizes, staring at him like he was a big-ass T-bone steak in a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. Exactly. Combined with the large pile of bones that he saw, he was so positive that this was the end for him. The matlog slowly advanced towards him. Completely terrified, Harry held up his blanket to shield himself. The matlog took his blanket from him and seemed actually super stoked about it. And they f- left him alone. Like, they just wanted his blanket. The great provider gives <laughs> us... She doesn't show us fire, smart, but shows us blanket. They loved it. Wow. And gift-giving. Yeah. Yeah. And then after what he played it cool, he was like, cool, I love blankets, yeah. And then after a while, they just, like, kind of weren't keeping an eye on him so tight. 
So he pieced the fuck out of there and he ran 45 miles back to the Nootka village. It stopped a really long way. Yeah. It is. And he was barefoot and shit. That, like for 45 miles, that was probably... The scariest shit scariest of his life. Pursued by twenty hairy mountain men. Yeah. Huge mountain men, like nine foot tall. Yeah. He was not able to speak of the ordeal for three weeks, and he never went back to the location, and never went into the woods ever again. Which, like, I probably wouldn't either. That sounds terrible. I'm a city man now. 1952, Ritter, Oregon. Two-year-old Keith Parkins was playing outside in the cold, wearing his snowsuit and whatever, and having a great fucking time. Not a val- 1952. Not a viable source. He's two fucking years old. Two-year-old is playing Get this! Get this! Get this! When his parents went to check on him... Yeah, so he was alone. He was literally outside by himself. Have fun, baby, in a snowstorm. When they go to check on him, he was gone. Um, they followed his footprints in the snow, alarmed to find that at a certain point, they just stopped. There were not any other tracks around. They firmed they firmed search pretty <laughs> for the missing toddler. Nineteen hours later, and fifteen miles away, he was found alive, missing his coat. To have traveled this distance, he would have had to walk for the entire nineteen hours he was missing. He couldn't remember a single detail about He's his nineteen. 19- <laughs> Y'all have really high yeah. expectations. I, I could. And this two-year-old is probably like. And then. And my jacket is cold. I shit myself 14 times. That's a good question too. Did he? Was there poo in his pants? I don't know. The smoking gun. Did they change his diaper? Was Sasquatch diaper capable? I would just like Ooh. to I would just like to suggest to you that Sasquatch took that boy. How was there no tracks in the snow? I don't know. But I read this story and I said Sasquatch. Sasquatches can fly. They can. Uh, now you're too fair. They're, they're, they're magical. August twenty seventh, nineteen fifty eight, Northern California. Jerry Crew, a bulldozer operator, was clearing stumps and whatever, and he found this Clearly huge mannish looking footprints in the mud. Obviously, he was like, what the fuck? And he showed his coworker and his buddy. It was his coworker and his buddy, both. At the same time? At the same time. Ray Wallace. And then they showed, obviously, all the other coworkers, too. And they were like, some of the guys were like, oh, yeah, we've seen this shit around before. Totally. Huge footprints. Yeah, absolutely. They planted that. They're like, you haven't seen this? News of their discovery made its way to the local Humboldt Times. The newspaper published a story in October that read, Giant Footprints Puzzle Residents Along Trinity River. This was the first documented use of the term Bigfoot. So that's when it started, baby. 1958. In Humboldt County. Northern California. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. I mean, I believe that. Flash forward, though. Ray Wallace. Okay, so Ray Wallace, one of the uh, guys, one of the coworkers, Ray Wallace, on his deathbed, confessed that he carved the wood sculpture and attached it to his shoe and faked it. Yes, like Japanese people's water walking shoes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. just one guy. That's what everybody says. That's that's exactly Jake. What you just said. That's, that's what everybody just says. One guy. You gotta treat everybody like they're that guy. Yeah. Oh, so one. 
Vince. Yep, that's because that didn't that didn't defer anybody when that came out. People were still like, "Well, fuck you, Bigfoot's real. I'll eat my dick." Yeah, you're just an asshole. You're a dick. Want some fame. Yeah. Bigfoot don't want fame. He's still real. So from there, 1958, Bigfoot and America were like they fist bumped. They were best friends. Um, 1967, we see the iconic Patterson-Gimlin footage, which is the one I thought you were talking about. It's no, definitely not. No, definitely the, not. That's the first one. That's the OG one. I'm about to show you, though, because this yeah. video, oh, it's going to be on our Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has seen it. Well, come see it again, because this movie, this yeah. footage like blew that's my mind as a child. It really did. Yeah. Oh, they redid it with AI or whatever. Man, look how he just looks, though. She got tickle bitties. Perfect. Like, it's like a setup. It's like he, it's like, like a nature yeah. documentary. Why would that you be filming right there? Oh, but, but the Patterson-Gimlin thing, somebody came forward and said that they sold those fellas a gorilla suit. Huh. Yeah. That didn't really look like a gorilla to me, though. It know? looked like a janky-ass I mean, gorilla I costume. I am actually a fan of gorillas. Right, yeah. I like gorillas. He did stick to his guns, though. The guy that shot it, he said, I seen what I seen. I don't think that looks like a gorilla, yeah. Like, even yeah. somebody in a gorilla suit, but... But, like, think about it. 50s, a shitty, re like, fucking gorilla costume. Yeah, you true. Got that camera, you know. You true. Got, like, shitty 50s movie. How would you know? Really it, you know? Nobody was really scrupulous until after that. It's hard to say. Do you all think Bigfoot is scary? No. No, I believe in Native Americans. I think he'd probably guide me somewhere on my next quest. I don't think Or to, or to safety. Okay. Bigfoot's scary like a bear would be scary. Okay. Like, I think it's a, it if would you be get a bigger. wild animal. It okay. It's predictable. And yeah, it's way more dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's smarter and it has thumbs. Okay. So. I'm going to tell you a controversial opinion. This is the hill I'm going to die on. This is my argument. And I'm about to give you guys proof. And we're going to debate this, right? Bigfoot's scary. Fuck you. Have you seen Harry and the Hendersons? Don't lie to me. No. He brings up an excellent point. Yeah, <laughs> he was very friendly. Reasons that Bigfoot is scary. Alfred Bailhearts. This is the first official drowning in Colorado's Rocky Mountain National Park. His family and him were camping over the July 4th weekend. Little Al, little baby Al and his dad went to go bathe in the river with some family friends, which I feel like is super weird. Herberts. Weird. But, uh, with all of their homies. Uh, yeah, we do that too. And on the way back, they realized that little baby Al was missing. They began a search party, and eventually the party was jumping, jumping. Uh huh. And within 45 minutes, they had over 100 people looking, but they weren't able to find him. The day following his disappearance, a couple hiking six miles away reported seeing Alfred sitting in a rough area called the Devil's Nest. By the time the authorities arrived, he was gone. After the search went on for 10 days with 150 volunteers and some scent dogs, Al was never found and no trace of him was seen. So, was there any question about Alfred's legitimacy as a child to either one of these people? <laughs> Yeah. Just like no. if he was trafficked or what? No, no, like no the mom was, yeah, like, cheated on like the dad. Yeah, and, the, and the dad was like, I'm going to go fucking murder like, this kid. Oh, hey, we're taking, we're public bathing in the river. Weird, not totally inconceivable, yeah. I guess, but weird. Weird. We lost the kid. It's weird. 
While we were on our way back, we realized we lost it. Oh, where did he go? Oh, sorry. He said he was good. He said he could swim. Come on, baby. He's two years old. I mean, we just left him out in the snowstorm. Okay. Reason number two, Paula Weldon. In 1946, Paula decided to take a walk on the long trail. That's the name of the trail. A walk, not a hike. So that's how she was dressed. She was dressed for a walk. Like, she was wearing a coat and shit because it was December. She told her roommate, like, peace out. I'm going for a walk. She was seen by some people hitchhiking to the trail. And I think that's a kind of scary thing by itself. And then she was seen walking to the trailhead. But she was never seen again after that. Her body was never found. The trail, she is, the trail she was on is located in the Bennington Triangle, which got that name after five to ten people disappeared there in a five-year period. They also have a Bennington Monster, which is just Bigfoot. Tons of sightings. They're trying to fucking... Tons of sightings. A Bigfoot. Larry Jeffrey was hanging out in the Humboldt Toyabe National Forest in Nevada, chilling with his brothers, and he wandered off. He was gone for like three seconds... There was no way he would have survived the cold nighttime in the outfit he was wearing. There was some sign that he had been foraging for bugs and berries, but none of the thousand party search and rescue peeps were able to find him. Uh, with the Sasquatches yeah. foraging for bugs and berries after they ate him as an appetizer. As a salad. <laughs> those are called, those are called Dennis Martin, 1969. On a Father's Day camping trip yeah. with the men and his family at the Smoky Mountain National Park in Tennessee, Dennis and his brother were like, yo, let's do a prank or whatever. Like, let's split up, and I'm going to go on this side of the camp, and you're going to go on the other side of the camp, and when the yeah. adults spring up, we're going to, like, pop out and scare them. Fuck with them. Yeah. Yeah. Classic parent trap situation. Hilarious, hilarious. (laughs) So Dennis and his brother, they said, like, sure, let's do it. And they split up and they went and the adults came and the brother jumped out and scared the adults. But it was even scarier when Dennis did not jump out. In fact, he was never seen again. Uh, They searched for him and the rain started and got really fucking wild. The rain was fucking buck wild. The search became the largest search in National Park Service history, but there weren't even any footprints to track. Another family nearby camping reported hearing a scream and seeing a bear or a bear-like man with something slung over its shoulder. Uh, Douglas Legg, 1971, Adirondack Forest, right outside his family's remote little woodsy cabin. Young Dougie Boy and his uncle were chilling outside the cabin, when his uncle saw some poison ivy, and he said, Doug, go put some pants on, Doug. And Doug was like, cool. And he, like, walked back to the cabin, which is, like, a short, straight line away from where they were standing. But he was never seen again. Wow. Wow. <laughs> happened so fast for Doug. He walked in to see everything. When did they lose it? And here's the thing about Doug. His nickname was the Mini Woodsman. He was, like, a... He was, like, out there all the time with his family, all the time. Exactly. They had scent dogs, and they followed his trail about 30 miles through crazy terrain, but he was never found. That's A+. plus. So... Bigfoot can't take you, so there's at least justice for the Bigfoot that ate you. If they can find it, they'll probably kill you. Scratch them. 
get their fingernails under your DNA. I'm telling you guys right now, I'm like on the fence on whether Bigfoot is real or not. And I'm not sure how it's going to happen. I'm not sure where it's I don't know. Happen, but I just think that there's way too much Bigfoot stories. There's way too many Bigfoot stories for something to not be happening here. It might just be little apes. Chimps are scary. All right. Chimps are chimp, scary. Yeah, I would leave. Well, out, I might outside think it's of a zoo? Maybe. Yeah, I might think it's a Bigfoot, maybe. Yeah. You know, things happen, a big-ass monkey's in front Exotic of you. Exotic animals. Get bigger in your head. You know? Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's that. But I think maybe also, maybe it's just the imagination in me. Maybe there is some monkeys running around. There's some monkeys there. running around out there. 2004. Little baby David Gonzalez was nine-year-old. And he was camping at Big Bear Lake in California with his fam. And he kind of had the munchies. So he said, Mom, let me go get some cookies from the car. And, and she said, no problem, bud. She gave him the car keys. And the car was like 50 yards away, which is kind of far. Um, and she was watching him walk down the path. And she got distracted for a second and looked away. And when she looked back, he was gone. Classic kidnapping scenario. Right. Always the same as last time. Yeah, always it's like. I only looked away for a second. Nah, yeah, you were never fucking watching. Yeah. You never were watching in the fucking first place, bitch. The car was still locked. The cookies were still in the car. The car was still locked. He never made it to the car, I'm assuming. They never said if the car keys were found. I googled it multiple times. There's no blood, no signs of a struggle. His remains were found a year later, a mile away from the campsite. There are mountain lions in the area, but also that would leave blood and a struggle, right? Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah def there would definitely yeah. be Yeah, and there was none of that. And he was only a mile away, so why wouldn't there... You know what I mean? Like yeah, When they found his body, did he... Was he found a mile away from the campsite, or...? A mile away from the campsite, it said, yeah. Uh, so Bigfoot is scary, you guys. I see in the dark. Where's the cod? Where's the cookies? It's a mile down the road. Oh, it didn't say what time of day it was. That's a good point. I don't know. It could have been. It could have been. Bigfoot is scary. Yay or nay? No, it's just a guy. Bigfoot's scary. Okay, so how I really feel, though, how I really feel is I looked it up, and Jane Goodall did believe in them, but I don't. I, trust her. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe because there would, there would be DNA, there would be a dead body. There would be bones. There would be something. I don't know. I just, I just can't, I can't suspend my disbelief like that in terms of it being, a, but this is the issue with all cryptids, because if I don't believe in Bigfoot, then I can't believe in any of them. Can't believe in aliens, ghosts. Yeah, ghosts, and I definitely do. Stories, I mean, <laughs> our tradition is to read a scary story at the end of the podcast, try to scare you a little. Um, it's scareputic, but Jake doesn't really think so. I haven't really scared him the last few times, though, so this one? Aliens one was aliens. Did it get you? Creep me out. Right on, right on. So this is going to ruin your day, and I'm real sorry. This is a green text story from the Paranormal Board of 4chan. And it starts, I've got a weird story to tell you guys. I don't come to this board at all, but this seems like the right place. Be me, serving in a prison for street racing. I know it's fucking stupid. I did it once after getting pressured by my friend, and I got caught immediately. 
Two months in, I get a new cellmate. Two months in, I get a new cellmate. He's a nice enough guy, but he's scared of everything. I got to know him, and it turns out he's a paranoid schizophrenic. He wakes up screaming some nights. He tells me about his delusions. He knows he's fucked up. Quote, except them, man. I know they're not delusions, and I'm not fucking crazy. I see those eyes every time I close my eyes. I am never going to unsee that red light. He starts rambling about how they come for him at night. And he got himself in prison to stay safe. Oh, bet. Smart. Three hots and a cot and fucking no aliens are going to come fuck you. Yeah. He won't tell me what... (laughs) He won't tell me what he did to get locked up. He dodges the question every time. Fast forward a month, we become friends, and he opens up a little. He tells me... (laughs) (laughs) We're best friends. He tells me how he used to never sleep because that's when shit would go down. When he would start to doze off, his body would start to feel really heavy, and he'd get a vibrating sensation in his limbs. Like a heavier... Slower version of the way you feel when your leg falls asleep. A humming noise would start out quiet and get louder and louder. And a bright white light would fill the room and then slowly turn blood red as the hum reaches its peak pitch like a skull splitting tinnitus. He usually blacks out after that, but not always. He says, sometimes I see them. They don't want me to remember I ask him what he means, and he starts describing fucking greys in great detail. I didn't believe in aliens at the time, so I thought he was totally nuts. He said they were short, with limbs longer in proportion to their bodies than humans. About four and a half to 5.3 feet tall. That's how tall I am. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about grey. Maybe a little pale. I mean, I don't go outside a lot. Actually, it was me. Fuck that. You're locked in a room with him. That's never happened to me. I would never say something like that did unless it did, but I can tell you there's something in my head that tells me, like, if I was stuck there, I don't know how they paralyze him. There's no way that I would be stuck. Like, I would overcome. Uh, that's hard, though. Ability. Have you ever had yeah, sleep paralysis? Yeah, fucking. I mean, I have before, and I know it. it's crazy, but... Think about it. would be like that. I'm like, slightly like, moved. Like, like, I'll have sleep paralysis, and I was like... Ah. I don't know what it is. I'm just telling you right ribs. now. Garrett would... I would overcome it. Garrett would. No way. Like I can't. Happened. Like, I, maybe it's like a control thing. Maybe it's some crazy. He says they have massive black eyes, and they reflected everything like a mirror. They smelled like a burning phone charger. I asked him about the smell, but he shrugged it off and said it was hard to describe. It didn't really smell like burning plastic or burning wires specifically, but that was the only way he could describe it because there's no other smell like it. He says he's uncomfortable and he he says he's getting uncomfortable and that talking about them for too long makes him anxious, so he goes to sleep. The next day, we had art therapy, which I think is fucking stupid, and he gets all twitchy and starts drawing creepy shit. We start art therapy. Basically, we do it to let out our feelings because it's supposed to help people be less violent or something. I don't fucking know. I just start doodling. I'm usually a pretty chill guy, and I don't have anything on my mind. 
Danny, my cellmate, seems to enjoy these sessions for the most part, even though he's not a good artist. That's wow. rude. It is. This time it's different. He's super anxious. He says he was up nearly all night, even though I was up late and I didn't hear him make a sound. He keeps scratching his neck obsessively and constantly chewing on his forefinger. He looks on the verge of some sort of panic attack. Aren't we all? I feel this. Oh my God, right now. The therapist tells him to try and draw what's upsetting him. He stares at the paper and charcoal for like half the fucking session and starts feverishly drawing. He fills the entire page with shades of red. He can barely make anything else out. Looks vaguely like a bedroom. Can see a blurry doorway, what looks like a bed, and maybe a dresser. You can see pitch black figures near the bed. Three of them, all blurry except for the eyes. They have huge pitch black almond shaped eyes. They are surrounding the bed with a staticky stick figure. I think it's supposed to be Danny in it, screaming. The therapist asks him to tell what it is, and he just mumbles about a nightmare. I ask Danny about the art later, and he tells me it's usually what happens when he sees the greys, but his therapist tells him it's a nightmare or sleep paralysis. Nightmares don't leave marks. He turns around and shows me the base of his neck. There's a faded scar, small, perfect circle, with a triangle of three dots in the middle. What the fuck? He says he's woken up after nightmares with bruises in strange places on his body, other triangles made from dots. His therapist claimed it was him self-mutilating in his sleep, or sleepwalking. But that's bullshit. On the back of your neck like that? No. Right? Yeah, maybe geometric shapes. That doesn't seem a little unlikely. In prison? Perfect. So, like, what are you using? You can't do a perfect circle. Yeah. It's time for lockup, and I don't feel like sleeping, so I get in bed to read. I'm on the first page of a new book when suddenly Danny sits up, freaking the fuck out and yelling. I'm like, dude, what? And I asked him what happened. He said they came for him and took him away. Now I know he's fucking nuts. He tells me to look at the time. There's a clock you can see from the outside our cell. It's fucking four hours since lockup. I was reading the same page that I started on four hours ago. So he's illiterate, okay? There's no way I fell asleep or anything. That was the first thing I was going to say. Did he fall asleep with the book open and wake back up? <laughs> oh, I was just reading four this Four hours later, or was he put asleep by the aliens? That was the creepiest thing that ever happened to me. Danny said losing time is common, but that he didn't see me on board. Why the fuck would I lose time too? Bad. Am I so not cool enough? Yeah, well, he's... He obviously doesn't have, out. like, special abilities like Danny. He gets, yeah, he gets abducted. They both at the same time, and he's just in there. He's like, oh, yeah, what's up, Bill? What's yeah. up, Bill? Yeah. fucking loser. Oh, this guy, all right, first time getting abducted. <laughs> they grabbed him first by accident. I've been getting abducted so much, I draw pictures. Of I'm fine yeah. with it. <laughs> First time? <laughs> I got really freaked out, and I didn't want to believe him. I got checked out by the prison doc and psych just in case I was losing my shit, but they say I'm fine. Get cleared, so I just pass it off as dozing off while re reading and not realizing it. Couple weeks go by as normal. Going to the yard, art therapy once a week, going to the library, all that shit. Prison starts letting inmates have chalk in their cells so that they can draw or wipe or write or whatever, and it can't be used as a weapon. Danny starts drawing the faces of the greys again and drawing odd-lined symbols that are like dots with lines, and they look like constellations. 
I've been waking up with headaches, nosebleeds some days. Not exactly strange. They can be side effects of the allergy meds I take. Looking forward to getting out. Danny still has a while to go. I still don't know what it was or how long. We stay up late one night drinking shitty prison wine. The idiot who came to us, he fucked it up and it tasted like vinegar and piss, but it got us fucked up. We drink till we're on the verge of passing out when suddenly Danny freaks out. Shit. Shit. Fuck. 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 Do you hear that? Please tell me you hear that. It's the humming noise he mentioned. The noise gets louder and louder and a higher whine can be heard over it. And Danny is pounding on the jail cell door screaming for help. No one comes. No prisoner tells us to shut the fuck up. No guard comes to slam their baton into the bars. What the fuck is happening? A bright pulsating white light is filling the prison and searing my eyes. It suddenly turns blood red and everything goes silent. It's so quiet you can hear the blood rushing in your ears. I try to hide under my bed, but I can't move. It's like I'm made of lead. My body is buzzing like it's made of fucking bees. I start to panic and I want to scream for help and ask Danny if he's okay, but I can't even open my mouth and I get the sudden feeling of being watched. In the glow of the red light, I can see shadows on the wall. The shadows start moving around and suddenly I feel a sharp pain in my head and I get a mental image of myself frozen in the cell with Danny a few feet behind me. It was like someone put a camera in the cell and I was watching. The image was gone, but I can sense something was next to me. Everything goes cold, and the vibrating gets worse and more violent, almost like the cells in my body were being thrown around. I can feel myself being lifted off the ground. I close my eyes, and even though I'm not religious, I start to pray, because what else am I going to fucking do? The red light is seared into my retinas. I'm screaming inside, but nothing comes out. Suddenly, I'm in a room. It's steel-colored with no light source, but evenly lit to the point of no shadows. The next thing I see is the eyes Danny mentioned. They were fucking horrible. Massive eyes that took up like a quarter of the face. Almond-shaped and slanted like 45 degrees. It was pitch black. I could see my own terrified reflection in them. Those massive, wet, black voids reflected every inch of terror in my face. Those things didn't look remotely human. No drawing or Photoshop or mask has even come close to how awful they were. Waxy, membrane-like skin, almost pulsated. Yeah. You guys want to hear a crazy conspiracy I read? Yeah, totally. I read this one thing that said aliens like that, like those gray ones, they're all, you know, like weird and like they have no kind of gender, you know, or like no features. They're all kind of featureless and, you know, just like it's because they're like avatars. Oh shit. Like people like from the future or something could like and that's why they're just me. Yo. That's why they're all weird and it looks like doing weird shit. Like anything, yeah, they're all disproportional and like it wouldn't make no it's because they're they're biological. I have no proof, but that's it. That's why they would have a bunch of men. And they can telekinesis and stuff. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's like Is it telekinesis? To each other, yeah, they can telekinetic or whatever. They can, they can, they can do that shit. They can, they have telepathy. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah, they can do that, but yeah, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's I like that. I like that. He says, images flash through my head. I see me and Danny, the aliens, the prison, 
pictures of planets, organs, stars. <laughs> it gave me a massive headache. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. I don't even know what it was trying to do. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm in the prison hospital. They found me on the floor of the prison cell with a blinding headache, lying in a pool of my own vomit and blood pouring from my nose. It's called the alcohol. I found Danny huddled in the corner sobbing with shit in his pants, covered in scratches and bruises. See, that's what you do. No alien wants to fuck with you if you shit your pants. Well, it sounds like they <laughs> fucked with him. Danny wasn't in the cafeteria. I didn't see him for another three days. Danny tells me they questioned him, asking why I attacked him. He says the wounds were self-inflicted and that he had a nightmare and he clawed himself in his sleep. They kept him under observation to make sure he didn't try and hang himself or something. Neither of us want to talk about what happened. Danny asks, you saw them too, didn't you? And I said, yes. He said, you know they're not going to leave you alone now, right? Like, fuck you, you gave me herpes. You gave me galactic herpes. Yeah. Like, I didn't want this. I never wanted this. Once they set their eyes on you, you're in their sight for life. Obviously creeped the fuck out. Neither of us sleep well for the next few weeks. Nothing major happens until a few nights before I'm out. Mostly headaches and nosebleeds. Go to sleep, wake up in the middle of the night to the humming noise and bright red light. Please, God, no, not again. I can't take this again. The humming dies down and the light fades away. I breathe a sigh of relief. I realize it's probably just sleep paralysis. It used to happen to me when I was a kid, so I was just like, no big deal. And I fell back asleep. I wake to the sound of the guards yelling at me and slamming the door open. They tell me to get the fuck up and spread against the wall and put my hands up. What the fuck is going on? I start questioning them as they're paraging me with questions where did danny go how did he get out did you help him i was like what the fuck and i keep telling them i didn't do anything and i don't know anything and they bring me to a room to interrogate me more after a few hours of the same shit they let me go i talked to some other inmates who were in my cell block and they didn't see anything either a guard who was friendly told me the cameras caught nothing either danny upped and vanished Danny was gone for three days. The cops put out an all-point bulletin for him, thinking he escaped. On the last day, some convicts found him in the wreck yard, his foot somehow pinched in between weights that were already on a bar. He had to go to the prison hospital for dehydration and some broken ribs, as I found out later. Just three days later, he was pumping, pumping, pumping In iron, the yard? Pumping iron, just like, I gotta get swole, I gotta fight these I'm real thirsty. They never found him on footage on any camera, so there was an investigation to see if there was a cop trying to get inmates out. I don't know if anything ever came of that, but I know for a fact that wasn't the COs. There's no way he could vanish without a trace and then reappear clipped through the fucking metal. I never got to see Danny again. I left the day after he came back. He wrote me a few weeks later after I left, telling me the night he vanished he saw the red lights again, and he hoped it would be the last time either of us saw it. And uh, here's, okay, so here's the pictures that he said Danny was drawing, and these will be available on our Instagram. So. What's up, Danny? I hope you're free now, bud. Or I hope you're not, I guess. So um, I ask you again, are you scared? That story was scary. Okay. 
Right on. I ain't scared of shit. Aliens are whoa. Actually, aliens. Oh, okay, for yeah, real, for okay, real, for real. For real. That was scary. Yeah, I am scared of you. I I bow I bow before you. I'm totally good being a fucking yeah. human. A lackey. I'm All popular. good. Yeah. You yeah, humans are dumb. That's how it would be, yeah. Like bears. <laughs> I watch videos of animals and bears in the jungle. It's like, that's hilarious. Because they're dumb and they walk in the jungle. Oh, yeah. That's what the aliens think about us. Yeah, right. That's us to the aliens. That is us. That's so scary. Haha, dummies. Look, look, look. So cute. Do the red light thing. Do the red light thing. They would just do the mind thing. They'd be able to get right up and walk. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Horror Comedy Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you beautiful, sweet angel baby listeners. Um, Sorry about the audio issues we had this week. I'm always working on improving that for you all. So next week, uh, you won't have to hear uh, terrible feedback noises. Um, Sources for this week include Truly Strange Cases of People Kidnapped by Bigfoot by Brent Swanser. We have an article called... Hundreds Have Vanished from National Parks is Bigfoot to Blame by Deanna Brown. Ten Mysterious Disappearances in National Parks by Becky Streep. TheBenningtonTriangle.com. Bigfoot in Maine. Ten-foot-tall wild man was killed in 1866. Newspapers reported by BangerDailyNews.com. Bigfoot Culture and Belief of the Sasquatch in the United States from ARCGIS.com. Wikipedia for information on Jose Mariano Mosino, as well as Bigfoot. Um, We also read an article called The Earliest Known Recorded History of Bigfoot Sightings on the Pacific Coast off of monstromethenium.org. It's a really cool website. Check that shit out. Bigfoot, the Historical Record by Terry Jones. Uh, Pre-Columbian and Early American Legends of Bigfoot-like Beings from BFRO.net. How the Bigfoot Legend Began by Becky Little. Beyond Bigfoot from the American Museum of Natural History.org. Teddy Roosevelt vs. Bigfoot from Medium.com. The Enduring Legend of Bigfoot, The Week Staff on TheWeek.com. Bigfoot Legend from OregonEncyclopedia.org. 10 Most Active Bigfoot Sites in the U.S. by Live Science Staff from LiveScience.org. The Vanishing of Alfred Bailhearts off of Paranormal-World.Fandom.com. Eerily Bizarre Cases of Mysterious Vanished Children by Brent Swanser. And um, we got a song from felician studios this week um that's the one that you heard in our creepy short story definitely check them out at felicianstudios.com super fucking cool there will be links to all of that information in the show notes for you guys if you want to do some reading as well don't forget to like subscribe uh tell your fucking friends and send us your scary stories to the horror comedy podcast at gmail.com don't forget to drink water you guys we'll see you wednesday for a mini episode